It's tip-off time. The line, the jam! Welcome to ESPN Chicago's Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Throws it to win it! Listen on your phone through the ESPN Chicago app on FM at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now here are your hosts, Jay Hood and Chris Black. Welcome in to Fast Break. That's right. It's a podcast edition. You know, most of free agency is kind of settled in, but Kevin Durant is still requesting a trade from the Nets. And what do the Bulls do from here? What's up, Jonathan? What's up, Chris? Good to be on with our free agent special. We were trying to hold out until Durant made his decision and Kyrie made his decision. But so far, we're just holding steady as we record this on a Friday afternoon. So if something breaks, we'll do a fresh podcast with those two. But we do have to catch up from the previous days of terrific movement in the NBA. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, It's good to see teams improving. Uh, It's also good to see teams adding pieces to try and win more games the following year. And then we have the Chicago Bulls, uh, who basically made moves as if they're the defending champs who are over the luxury tax. Right? Like, like the moves the Bulls have made to this point this season, uh, in the offseason, are the moves that, like, Golden State makes after they win a title. Adding vets at at the minimum to kind of fill spots on the roster, but you don't really expect a whole lot out of. Is Andre Drummond really an upgrade defensively as a backup center? I mean, maybe 10 years ago he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not a rim protector whatsoever at this point in his uh, career. Now, could he give you some better minutes than Tristan Thompson gave you last season? Absolutely. I don't know how much of an upgrade that is for this team that's kind of sitting sixth in the East, and I don't really see an avenue for them to really improve here in this offseason outside of re-signing Zach Levine, which was obviously huge for the franchise, but you're not really adding a whole heck of a lot. You know, Chris, there's several things that we were looking for from the Bulls, and one of them was to be able to have something different in the center position. We know what Vucevic can bring to the table, someone that can shoot from the outside, go home inside and so we know that he can score he comes in the gym with uh 20 and 10 so he liked that about his game but we just know he's not a strong defender and that's why you need to have to to try to diversify in the middle by having someone that is more of a rim protector listen you're not going to get ben wallace in his prime in free agency but what you need is just someone that it provides a little muscle, a little resistance at the rim. And I just think that Drummond, when we take a look at the numbers, he's surrendering 45% or more from the foul line down, which tells me that he might have some shot blocking ability, but not necessarily the type of guy that you say, boy, there's a difference maker when Vucevic takes a blow or to play them both at the same time, Vucevic uh, and Drummond. So I thought that was a little bit of a disconnect there. I, we, I expected Mo Bamba. I also didn't expect Mobama to resign with Orlando because that would have been a younger asset that can block shots and make it very difficult on uh, players to get to the rim or to be able to shoot over the top of him. So I was surprised at that as well. You know, someone else that uh, resigns with his own team, Nick Claxton, would have been a nice not, uh, name that maybe the Bulls could have gone after. Or so, mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, JaVale McGee signs elsewhere. You mentioned Mo Bamba. There were quite a few bigs that were on the market that could have been helpful pieces for a team trying to win. And I just don't know if Andre Drummond really 
gets it done at this point of his career. You had the numbers defensively. You throw him into a pick and roll. He's not stopping anyone, at least if you're switching and the guard has got like free reign to go at him. They're going to get to the basket almost every single time. Well, if it wasn't for the felony drug charge on Montrez Harrell, that probably would have been a guy. Here's a guy that averages 13 points a game and six rebounds and two assists. And so now he's giving you actually a little bit more than what you're looking for as a backup center, as a backup big. He's 28. Um, But I'm not sure how much he's going to play this upcoming season because of that traffic stop last month and that felony drug charge that he had. Uh, so here's a guy here that was six-man six of the year at one point with the Clippers. So if that was uh, – if he was available, the Bulls should have fought for him, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his future holds. Yeah, and, and Miles um, – let's see. Bridges? No, not Bridges. Uh, Turner for yeah. um, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. He he is still rumored to be in trade uh, discussions with possibly Phoenix with a signing trade for DeAndre Ayton. Like, Turner is someone who Bulls fans have kind of been, Bulls uh, bloggers and podcasters have been talking about for quite some time and whether or not he could uh, be someone that fits in as a defensive player next to Vooch. Yeah. Um, you would probably have to give up quite a bit to get that done. Uh, he is someone, though, that's still out there. I don't know how the Bulls could ever factor into something where it's probably a three-team deal with Phoenix and, and Indiana. But he's he's basically the only big who's out there who's not, like, secured in his spot and who's still in the rumors. I don't think the Bulls would give up anything that would be worthwhile to get that done. But they're, they're kind of where they're at. Goran Dragic added to the team as a backup guard. You know, ideally, if things work the way they do, he's not really going to play a lot. I mean, you have minutes for Elks Caruso, Io DeSumo, Dalen Terry. Uh, you also have your two starters, Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. Goran Dragic, he, he's not really going to play much. And then also, remember, you have Kobe White still on the roster. They weren't able to unload him either. I'm not sure if he really adds much. Again, it, it's the type of move you make if you're a championship team that has your like main players set. And you're over the luxury tax. That's that's what the Bulls went out and did this offseason. Dragic has been in the league for 15 seasons. <laughs> I mean, he's 36, yeah, right? right? He's had a lot of injuries. He's kind of worn. You know, last time we saw him, he was in Toronto. He's in Brooklyn and averaged 7.5 points a game. And it's kind of like, well, what did we want? I think if you're a Bulls fan, you want to be able to have some, again, shot-blocking ability, something different at the rim, and you want to be able to have several shooters. How is it that on July 8th that Kobe White's on this basketball team? How did that happen? I, I, I mean, the conventional wisdom was that the Bulls were going to move on and be able to find something better than that. And, and it, all of this seems to me where, Chris, I think that Connor Shelvis looks at this and says, well, you know, if we just get healthy in some seasoning, this team could take a better step than they did last year. And I'm thinking, well, tomorrow's not promised, man, because I don't know what Lonzo Ball is. And see, this is what it all comes down to for, for me watching this Bulls team. Uh, it, it, you, are, you are correct in your assessment saying that the Bulls made cursory moves, but not moves that are so significant that the Bulls will take several steps moving forward. They are banking on development of Patrick Williams and DeMar DeRozan turning the clock back another year and Zach Levine being healthy all year, COVID-free, and that Lonzo Ball will come back in October, November, and be able to be the player that uh, I think many of us thought he could be, along with Vucevic. 
and that's fine. But if you don't have significant bench depth to go along with this five in case of injury, then you're going to be in the same spot or worse. Right, and it adds to the idea that Io DeSumo and Dalen Terry are going to have to be guys that kind of like what Boston got from their young players in this last season in the playoffs. They're going to have to be major role guys who develop throughout the year but are, are players that you count on to give you great minutes each and every night that dictate winning. And, and that's where like the depth of your team is going to have to come from. It's going to have to be DeSumo, Terry and Caruso being out there as like a second unit when Zach and DeRozan are on the bench, but not only scoring, but creating turnovers, playing great defense and mixing in. And and that's like, it's really the Celtics blueprint is what they're kind of trying to mimic here because you, you have to develop. And it's those four players. It's Kobe, it's Dalen, it's uh, IO and it's Patrick Williams. The development of those four players will dictate how far this team goes. I think that's fair. With Dalen Terry, it's still so – I mean, he's a young player. And it's funny, the story of Dalen Terry and Patrick Williams is so similar, in which Dalen Terry played on a very good Arizona team, in which he didn't get a chance to get meaningful minutes. He, he, he maximized minutes that he had. He was not necessarily someone that was a go-to guy all the time, but he was known as a, a glue guy. And Dalen did not like the term glue guy. He's like, oh, God. The glue guy means that I'm just a guy that's in the middle. I'm not the reason why we win. I'm just right. the glue of the team. And he, he despised that. And then he was able to understand what that role meant and that he was able to embrace it more. And, you know, when you hear Terry talk about the Bulls and says, you know, I watch so much of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I know exactly who they are. I like his enthusiasm. I like to just see that on the floor, though. I, I, I think... A lot of Bulls fans are rolling the dice on not just Dalen Terry, but also Patrick Williams. Let me just tell you something, Chris. Patrick Williams has to be a lot more than I than we think he can be in order for him to meet the expectations of not just the Bulls, but also the fans as well. I'm not putting all my eggs in the Patrick Williams basket yet because we've not seen him for a full complement of games to know whether or not at power forward he can be this huge difference maker. I don't know what that is. That's not a diss as much as it's just saying, let's see what you have while he's healthy. And yep. then we can get a greater op- you know, uh, uh, opportunity to look at a young player and see how he develops. I think that's only fair because here's what happens. You get into this bag of... Well, Patrick Williams, he only averaged 10 points a game. And while he was good defensively, he really missed a lot of shots. And he wasn't – dude, I'd I'd rather just do a wait and see for a full, relatively healthy healthy season than to say, well, how come he didn't give me more? I know in the NBA that's hard to do, but I'm patient enough to wait. The one thing that I look at with Terry is obviously team first guy in his hustle – his defense creating for others is going to be the strengths early on. I'm looking for him to be a rookie that you can play 10 to 15 minutes a night from the start where he's not a minus on the floor when he's out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing with the development of Kobe White to this point where we look at Kobe White's game and he can have nights where he's very successful hitting three-point shots, attacking the rim, and, and it works. But then there's nights where he's not hitting the shots and he's a deficiency on the team. He, he You know, like, as a in the five-man unit, like, he's the one that they're picking on. And I feel like Terry's going to be a rookie 
much like Desumu, who you could put out there, he may not be scoring a lot because Io really didn't demand the ball or score the basketball a whole heck of a lot when he was out there. He, bl- he played a lot of minutes, though, because he was someone that gave you positive minutes. Yeah. And he wasn't a minus because he played defense. And so I think that's the one difference here is that with Terry's game mixed in with Desumu, you're going to be able to play the both of them. Now you're going to go through scoring droughts. And that happens with young players, mm-hmm. but that's where you then need someone like you were mentioning, Patrick Williams, to actually step into his own, step up, be a guy that when the two major scores aren't on the floor, you take care of business and be the best player on the second unit. You know, like I get it, he's going to start, but the way you stagger minutes in the NBA, there'll be more than enough time for him to be out there where he's, quote, the best player on the Bulls lineup. And that's where he's going to have to show something this year. And the team's success is built on that development specifically. His development into a player who is not just a guy out there with a bunch of zeros. You know, the Tony Snell line. like yeah. Because Patrick <laughs> right. Williams gave you that sometimes last year. Mm-hmm. There were games that he played a lot of minutes and he collected no rebounds, no assists, no shots attempted, no points, no free throws. He was just out there. And it's okay to do that if you're someone like Terry or Io so early on. Now when you're a a top four pick, year three, you're going to have to make a difference when you're on the court. And and that's really clearly to me the the direction of this franchise is is going to be built on the development of those players. And, And Patrick Williams has to turn into a very good starter in the league for this team to go anywhere. How surprised are you that Kobe White's still on this roster? I'm not. Because you're not, you're not surprised that he's not on the roster or, no, or that I'm, he is. I'm not surprised that he's still on the roster because I don't think he really holds that much value. Well, I mean because he's so hot and cold. Right. Like he hasn't proven know. anything. He, he's a shooter that's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And he's a guard who is deceptively uh, bigger than you would expect. He plays like he's like six three, even though isn't he almost like six six or like six Who? five? Kobe, Kobe White. Look up his how how tall is Kobe White? No, he can't be taller than me. There's no way. Kobe, he's six four. Doesn't he play like a small guard, like six two? Is he a tweener? Did he have a summer growth spurt? I mean, he, he's always <laughs> he's been too. He's six four. I, he what, just doesn't play like a like a shooting guard. Sometimes, I just don't know. I, if you're a guard who can't shoot, you're a little sloppy with the handles. You don't play defense, and you're not a quote true point guard. What what's the role for you in in the league? I'm not surprised that they couldn't find someone to take him. Okay, now that we are trying to get past COVID, I'll be able to go in the locker room. And be able to be around these players. I can't believe that Kobe White's got an inch on me. That must be the hair. It's, it's got to be. There's no way that guy that guy is taller than me. I'm six three, as you know. Yeah. I can't believe that he's. It's got to be the hair. And like forehead to forehead. There's no way that guy's taller than me. Well, it, it, you know, because as and, and and by the way, I mean, here's a guy here that maybe can get into his own shot and understand who he is too. I just didn't think. You know, at this point on the depth chart, he'd be behind Zach and Caruso or behind Dusumu and Lonzo Ball at the guard spots. Right? Right. Right. So. See, but 
Am I am I wrong in the assessment? His game is like deceptively smaller. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's not from tricky camera work or anything. He no. just he just he he just doesn't doesn't have the blazing speed or the ability to blow by guys on a on a regular basis. He does play as if he's six foot. Right. His right. game is. I know that sounds strange, but that's how it appears so far. So what's Pull the deal up and here? Jumper. They're, yeah. they're, not, Pull up and they're not carrying these games live on Summer League right now because the Bulls are – it's 3 o'clock on uh, Friday. The Bulls and the uh, the Mavs, I think, are playing in Summer League action right now or they're about to play. And the game's on they're – re, they're rerunning Rockets Magic from last night. Yeah, I told you that's what I'm watching right now because I missed it last night. The Bulls are playing right now in Summer League. Yeah, I'm going to see if they're going to replay that game at some point. Oh, I'm sure they will. I like, but I know what you're saying. Let's see it live. Yeah, this is on NBA.com. I don't know if it is or not. I'd like to see. Uh, let's see. Let, like. I'm on. I'm on the app. Let's see how it. It says I can watch it through League Pass. Hold on. Oh, for heaven's sake! Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Nope, I cannot watch it through League Pass because it says it's a national broadcast game, even though it's not available anywhere. Oh, it's just shout uh, out to the NBA. Really got their uh their crap together for summer league. What what's going on here with this? Got a little WNBA in them in that regard. Says uh <laughs> broadcast restrictions, games on TNT, ESPN, ABC not available live will be on League Pass three hours after the game. Hmm. The game's on live right now, but it's not actually on TV. They are yes, rerunning the Rockets and the Magic right now from last night. Yes. At some point, we'll be able to see them. But just not right now. I love Summer League. No, I do too. Just to be able just to take a peek. Because there's basketball on my TV, and I like that. Just to have a little basketball, a little squeaking sneakers. Just let me see the rookies for a quarter. That's all I need to see. Just take a look. Let me see. Let me check ESPN2. No, it's not on there. I just checked it. Oh, you sure? Yep. All right. (laughs) Just I know that you're not not happy with that, but that's not it. You got... Uh, oh, they have the soccer. Yeah, women's Euro. Wow. wow. All right. Uh, so back to what we were saying. I, I think the Bulls made moves as if they are one of the final four teams in the league, acting as they're over the luxury tax. And uh, they, they didn't really do anything that I found was, was that impactful. Now, you could argue, hey, you're an idiot, Black. They signed their best player to an extension. But I feel like we kind of knew that that was a foregone conclusion. They didn't really add anything else, though. Were you sure? You sure they were going to sign Zach? Because that was day two, the day two signing there. I know some Bulls yeah. fans are sweating that out. They weren't sure. I'm sure Zach. Well, here's the question. Here's the question. Before we even get there, let's let's redo the question here about Zach Levine, and that is, how many offers do you think that Zach got? Based on all the rosters that we know, because there's a number of teams that could have used a shooting guard of his ilk. So how many offers, serious offers do you think he got? Because I'm sure he was holding out hope one more day that he'd get a call. Because it was still going to be full boat. It, all it is was opportunity. That's what he's waiting for. Are the Lakers serious? Because you said serious offers. Uh, I'm sure they called. So I'm guessing not really a whole lot. Because Brian Windhorse reported a couple days before that teams were were getting wind that he wasn't leaving, so they weren't even they were moving on to other things. 
I think they looked at the situation and say, do I want to pay full boat for Zach Levine and not having full knowledge of that knee? Yeah, I think that's possible. I think it and you know, if you're Golden State, you're like holding out hope maybe there's KD. If you're the Lakers, you're looking at Kyrie. Um, you didn't know if Beal was going to resign with uh, Washington or go someplace else. So I just think that the the wheel of free agency stopped, and they said, well, Zach's not going anywhere, and I can't pay him full boat for him to be the th- second or third option. I wonder that the Knicks call teams like that. Did Brooklyn want to get into a sign-and-trade? That's why I was just wondering. Like The reason why I asked the question is because I just want to know what the value is out there for Zach outside of the Bulls, five years, $215 million contract. Like, And the Mavericks were like a weird dark horse team to be interested in Zach too, but mm-hmm. it didn't seem like anything went with that. And the other team that I kept hearing rumors about leading up to free agency that they didn't act on anything regarding Zach Levine were the, the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks. But they went out and they made that deal for DeJounte Murray and they got their their – shooting guard for the future, the pair with Trey Young, and there there went the market for Zach Levine. That's really strange. It was like poof, and then gone. It's really strange, Chris, because LeVar Ball told David Kaplan that Zach's just gone because wow. he's jealous of DeRozan, and he's going to the West Coast. What, what else do you say about Zach? That he's light-skinned, and they will like him right? because of yeah. his light uh, complexion, All which right. I am That's... so done with that tired old trope, and I bristled at that because nobody wants to hear that shit in 2022. How about that? Co-signed, and exactly why I don't care about what lavar ball has to say about yeah, anything but, but but cap says he's going to the west coast man uh, well that's because, cool because Wait, is that is that the uh circus trip no he says that he's going to the west coast man <laughs> yeah, yeah on, the, on the circus trip right <laughs> you are a very smart man he's going to the west coast man they say zach levine zach levine zach levine oh, shut up i that? i heard the clip and i was like what like that that can go in the same bin with with all the Orlovsky stuff. Like who cares? Honestly. <laughs> right? Like who cares? You are a very smart man. All right. Is what I was told. Uh because because the idea that he would go to the Clippers, which the door could have been ajar there, I don't know. I have no idea, but it wasn't the Warriors, it wasn't the Lakers, it wasn't Phoenix, Sacramento. It wasn't that. So Clearly, Zach's going to stay. And so the question I would have for you, sir, is now what? Zach is a max player. This has always been his team. And I'm wondering whether or not there's more to give with Zach. We've seen him when the team was low, and now the team is a playoff team. So what else from Zach? He's got to take it to another level. Uh, We've seen improvement the last couple of seasons. It's got to keep going. Um, it's, It's really on him, Patrick Williams, to turn into stud stars to, to get this team past the first round of the playoffs. I I don't know if Zach playing the way he did at the end of last season is going to do it, so he's going to have to get better. Um, I, I do want to get on the record right now and establish that I think it's awesome that he enjoys living in our city and wants to be a part of the Chicago Bulls. I think that's cool. I think they like finally you can knock off all the the tired uh, conversations about free agents don't want to sign here. 
Zach could have gone. He could have easily bounced. There is nothing holding him here. He said he wants to make Chicago his home. This is where he wants to live. He wants to be a Chicago Bull. That's great. Congratulations. And I am on the record as saying that that is great. Uh, But his game has to go to another level. You know, you see what the Celtics did, and I'm going to continue the point to, to what Boston was able to do last season, get all the way to the finals. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown took their games to another level. Zach's going to have to do that if this team wants to be playing deeper in the playoffs. No ifs, fans or buts. Like scoring the 27 but not really playing defense and fumbling away the ball at the end of games, that's not going to cut it. You're going to have to be better. That's it. Play defense, lock in, and and you and DeMar are going to have to carry this team against some other teams in, in the East that have loaded up. Some teams that have made some smart moves. I, I think the Hawks now have more talent than you do. Uh, you look at teams like Philadelphia with the news earlier today that James Harden has selected to take $17 million less than what he could get paid because he wanted to fill out the roster because the most important thing to him this year is winning a championship and that he has Sham Sharania putting out there that he's been working this offseason. He's already in shape, getting ready for next season. So the Sixers, they're going to be good. I mean, who knows with Brooklyn, we'll get to Durant in a moment. But, yeah. you know, you have Boston, you have Milwaukee, who's going to be back. Chris Middleton will be healthy. So that team's not going to be as beatable as they were last year. You know, the Eastern Conference is stacked, and it's really on the shoulders of Zach Levine to take it to another level. Uh, and ultimately, do the Bulls have a superstar on the team with Zach resigning to the max deal? Right now? Yeah. The answer is no. Okay, well, I mean... To, to, a- me, to me, there's only like six guys in the league. I, th- I, think, I think there are 24 to 26 teams in the league looking for a number one superstar. Now, there's some teams that a collaboration of some good stars could get you close, including Boston. Mm-hmm. They don't have a number one superstar because that guy folded in, in the finals. Jason Tatum. Yeah, that, 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 that wasn't superstar superstardom. Mm-hmm. At points last season, he played like it. But the superstars, the true best players of the league, are there each and every game, each and every series. Um, it makes me wonder... Like, so with the Boston Celtics, they are a Middleton injury away from maybe not being in that spot in the finals. But sure. I mean, you take it how it comes. Maybe the Bucks are in that spot against Golden State, not the Boston Celtics. But the Celtics were able to get in there. The the 76ers are not getting there. I was never a big fan of the 76ers. I do not like the combination of Embiid and Harden because when times get tough, Harden will leave, yep. and I think, and as I've told you and predicted already with you here on the program, I told you um, that I feel like Embiid's going to leave. Uh, I think that he'll be leaving Philadelphia uh, and probably just tired of the whole Harden thing. When it comes to the Heat, I still believe in Jimmy. I still think that's a good team. Uh, as I, I told you, I always felt like the Heat were the best "quote unquote" team in the Eastern Conference because they worked together. But just they just ran out of gas, just like the Celtics did in the finals against Golden State. And then you know we don't know where Brooklyn is, and but the Bulls, Chris, you know I see them once again as the top five team in the East at best. 
And that's not bad because at least you're in the conversation. Yeah. And until you're able to grow what you have, or if Arturis looks at this and says, we can seriously upgrade our roster and be able to find a difference maker, then it is what it's going to be. Like, you and I have been covering this league for a long time, and we just know that their teams are just kind of just stuck meaning that they're playoff teams, but they get bounced out. San Antonio was that for a long time. Denver and Utah are like that for a long time. There are just certain teams. Uh, Memphis is in that situation right now because they, they got young assets. Dallas has been in that spot where you're just a good enough team to compete in the regular season. But when you get to the postseason, it's about star power, difference makers, role players that play at their max, and you just don't get to where you need to be. And the Bulls could be in that. That's not basketball hell as much as it is trying to stay healthy and then see what you have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I'm with you. They, it, it, it's it's a better situation than it used to be, and it's sure. not it's not a terrible situation. We just want more, and we want more because we were spoiled from the Jordan era. Mm-hmm. So so being a top five team in the conference, it, it's a certainly a fine place to be in life. I mean, ask Utah how that is. Yeah. It, it's what they've been for the last ten years. Uh, very good, but not great. And the Bulls are in that spot. They're just going to have to take another step, and that's going to have to come from guys who are already on the roster. They're not going to be able to uh, go out and, and land someone like a Kevin Durant or LeBron James who will just immediately flip the franchise up into the, to the top four category of the last two teams in a conference. That's just not going to happen. So they're going to have to do it as as a collective unit. They're going to all have to play at their best, especially those role players like you said. And that's just who they are. And it's fine, and it's interesting. It'll give us something to watch and to enjoy. There'll be ups where, look back to last season. For two months of last season, the Bulls were the best team in the Eastern Conference, and that was fun. And the Bulls matter in the league. So yes, I, I think it's all good that they are playing – uh, they they are building and, and acting as if they are trying to win because the stuff of the previous regime, it, that didn't do it. You know, I got circled on my sheet here, DeMar DeRozan. I'm not trying to fast forward through next season, but I am concerned about his durability at his age, being sure. the oldest player on the team. I'm concerned. Sure. Because, Chris... I mean, Patrick Williams is one thing, is to, uh, trying to be a developing player. I just want to know... Like Javante Green or Dalen Terry or Derek Jones Jr., like who's going to fit the bill there when DeRozan needs to blow or if there's an injury? Because one thing for sure that was holding up the Bulls last year that's under under reported or under discussed is when Zach went out because of COVID or injury. Or when Lonzo Ball was out and it was DeMar DeRozan or some of the Bulls, or even when Levine was available and, and his shot wasn't going, they were just watching the floating twos from DeRozan. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's cool, but that's not the league today. No. I think that needs to be said out loud in a clear voice, too. Like, I like the mid-range game like anybody else. And I actually, we start to see more of the star players saying, look, the three's not falling from the foul line in i'm going to be able to get layups or i'm going to get jump shots and that's fine you don't have you could be anti-analytics in that spot i have no problem with that but 
do you notice that the Bulls were sagging off offensively and say, all right, DeRozan's got it cooking, and he's not going to shoot a lot of threes, but he'll get that key two we need. And it's like, that's fine, but you're you're falling behind, further and further behind, where DeRozan's scoring 30-plus points a game, and Zach's shot's not falling, and... You know, Vucevic is not scoring well, and it, it, you know Kobe's not shooting well from the bench, and Io's having a bad night, and you're just watching DeRozan hit twos, trying to get and ones, and it's like, you know, that's you got to get something younger in that spot to uh, give DeRozan a a, a blow of uh, some rest, and I don't know who that is for the future for the team, but that is a concern for me about DeRozan because as charming as a season he had as he had last year. Hopefully he'll have the same this year. I just like to ha- have an upgrade at that position as well. Well, let me ask you this: What happens if Vooch goes down? Well, that's when you get smaller. Because, like last the, year, they dealt with injuries with the depth on the in the backcourt. Right, yeah. Zach was out multiple times. Lonzo hurt. Caruso hurt, and Demar was the only healthy one. So. The question is, if DeMar goes down, how do you fix that? How do you how do you replace his ability to score in the fourth quarter and to run the offense? And, and is Zach up to the challenge of carrying a team if DeMar DeRozan goes down? And then if Vooch goes down, you you don't have any backup depth. You you have Andre Drummond and Tristan Thompson. Oh, Tristan Thompson's still on this roster? Is he? Yeah, I mean, he is, but I mean... When the season starts, that's Tony Bradley who opted into his ten cent contract. So I mean, <laughs> he right? Did. Like that was a funny, that was a funny transaction, right? You're going through your phone like, wow, this team, this team, this team. Tony Bradley opts into ten cent contract, huh? I mean, so when you look at it, DeRozan and Vooch, you know, they they are very uh, important players to make sure that they don't get hurt next year because you don't really have replacements for them yeah that i mean that's a that's a concern like if i'm karnashovas and eversley i'm looking at my depth chart and saying well we think that these players will be healthy with some time off the balls and the levine and the levines we think that they're going to be healthy but what if you're not well that means yeah got alex caruso okay then what Right, so listen, I I don't expect to have giants on the team for the Bulls, you know, in in the paint. But you do have to be concerned about if Vucevic does go down, where are you getting that twenty and ten? Sure. How, right. how do you how do you bring that together? And especially once again, you're just not a good enough defensive team to lose one or two of those players offensively. Well, they they also ran the offense through them, and I I know yes, DeRozan did. did a lot of it, but the the high post and Vucevic's ability to pass and set screens to facilitate the offense out of that spot. Uh, he, he was a very good player. Now, this team would have been so much better last year if he hit the open three-point shots that he had. I would imagine that will come back a little because he was a better three-point shooter with the Magic mm-hmm. to this point in his career. So if he can, he can hit open threes, get some confidence, and they still run the offense through him, I, I could see it working. Uh, I just I just hope that the injury bug just doesn't hit in different places this year, even though we're always concerned about Lonzo, Zach, and obviously Caruso. Caruso finds a way to always get hurt as well. Not that it's his fault. It's just he mixes it up. He, he's a, a tough-nosed player, you know? Um, so I want to ask you, what, 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 what do you think is going to happen here with Durant? Uh, Durant will start the season – 
with Brooklyn. Yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling. I mean, he could be kicking and screaming trying to get into Phoenix or Golden State. I but I just if I'm Golden State, I don't want him. Well, the, the, I mean, they're opening their arms to him again. You've you've read this, right? But you've who seen is? this? Who who says this? Is well, it Draymond? It's, it's Draymond, and it oh. may be Steph on the side. You don't, listen, you never know what. Listen, him. new media. Okay, same as the old media. <laughs> well, he's he's. I mean, that's what's so funny about this, right? And just he's so confounding. We we've we've talked about this on the on our podcast over the years. Kevin Durant is just so re- restless, so restless. So, you left Golden State because you felt like you were never part of the team. Oh, it's the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. I'm not part of this. And so, they don't want me around. So, I'm going to start my own place. Fine. Then no problem. Go to Brooklyn. Great. So, I'm going to have... I'm going to have James Harden and Kyrie Irving. We're going to have our big three, and we're going to steamroll through the East. And keep in mind, Vegas agreed because they saw all three of those guys, even though they were light on the bench, nothing nothing is Joe Harris and Blake Griffin, but they were light on the bench, and it was those three supposed to carry it. James Harden bounced, went to Philly. Uh, Kyrie Irving and and uh, Kevin Durant supposed to be friends. Kyrie opts in and Durant wants to op- opt out. And it's kind of like, okay, so if Durant comes back, now he's coming back hat in hand and just like, hey, I'm back here. While Kyrie tries to get his way out of Brooklyn to go to Los Angeles. It's just such a mess. And can I just say this? It, it is on the players for wanting to move, but also it's on Sean Marks. My God, man. I mean, where's the art of... of Communication. Where's the art yeah. of negotiation? That's the word I'm looking for. Negotiation. Chris, you don't move like Jared Allen out of there. There's a solid player, you know, that could just help you. Just a glue guy. You don't move Atkinson, the head coach, a, a fine, solid head coach. You don't have to move him or move front office people just for to make him and Durant comfortable. To, to where Kevin Durant says on the wrong side of the bed when he wakes up, I just don't want to be here anymore. What that, That's on Sean Marks, too. You can be able to push and pull a little bit, but you just don't move heaven and earth just because Kevin Durant says so. And and just just a mess there. And so I expect Kevin Durant to be there with Ben Simmons. I don't know what Kyrie's going to do. He may not just show up for work. I don't know what he's going to do at all. Yeah, I think it's a fair way to look at it with Kyrie. You can't trust it. Uh, Durant, I agree with you. I think he'll be in Brooklyn when the season starts. He won't want to be there, and maybe he uh, holds out or something. I just don't see Phoenix being able to give Brooklyn back enough to make it worth their while to give in to Durant's demands. Like, Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and, like, a couple first-round picks, that's not going to be good enough. I I just think that Durant, like, so this is something that I didn't get to on Blocking Abdallah this week, but it's a thought that I've had in my head for for a couple of uh, days. Well, that's why you have fast break, my friend. Go yeah. right ahead. Well, I, I think you'll you'll enjoy it, though. Okay. Um, Kevin Durant and LeBron James will not be remembered as fondly as Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant have been remembered. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the era that LeBron created in teaming up and jumping places and going from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to L.A. 
And now Durant, Oklahoma City, Golden State, Brooklyn. Now he wants to go join somewhere else to have a better chance to win. I think 10, 15 years into the future, when we look back, we won't hold those two in regards of being a winner or great NBA players the way that we hold Duncan up as the greatest power forward to ever play the game. And Kobe Bryant, who's the the greatest next great player next to Michael Jordan. I mean, I know we're going to get the LeBron lovers uh, of the world to tell us that we're we're stupid for suggesting it, but I think people think fondly of Kobe in a much higher regard than the way they look at LeBron's career. LeBron's going to have all the stats. He's going to compile them. I, I understand. Don't send me basketball reference uh, all-time leaders and all this stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying the fact that those two individuals played almost 20 years and stayed in one spot and won continuously in different eras – Right, Duncan went through time, and then they started winning again in in the the 2010s. Kobe went through a stretch where his teams with the Lakers weren't great, and then they started winning again. They win championships. I just think at the end of the day, 20 years out, we're going to look back and be like, yeah, LeBron was great, but he had to join this team, and he had to go there. He had to do this. And I, unfortunately, like you were kind of laying out, Durant is just like a lost NBA soul. And, like, he he has the talent to be in the conversation of the all-time greats. I don't think we'll remember his career as fondly as we've remembered players like, like Kobe and, and uh, Duncan. Obviously, they've won more than he has, but I think a part of that is because he's decided to hop around. He, he chose to go to a worse situation in Brooklyn. Yeah. He could have stayed with Golden State. Hell, what if he would have stayed with the Thunder, with Russell Westbrook and James Harden? Do they ever get it done? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. They they had Golden State, Game Six. They were up in the fourth, and then Clay went nuts, and that summer was the summer that Durant then joined them. Following that, I I just I just feel like Durant was someone that was at the apex of his career. We were suggesting. This is a top 15, top 10 player of all time in league history. And the last two to three years have really started to change my opinion on on the whole thing. Well, let me amend a little of that for you and say that history will not look at KD and Harden uh, fondly because whatever you want to say about LeBron James, it was always under the spectrum of free agency. Correct? I mean, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, sure. yeah. he, he did it in, during free agency where yeah. he says, okay, I'm going to leave. Go to Miami, serve four years there, win two championships. Uh, when his time was up, went back to Cleveland, won a championship. When his time was up there, went to Los Angeles. Now, the behind-the-scenes manipulation <laughs> and it, it is, is something that will, people will look at with a side eye and say, you know, LeBron always came across as the good guy in that he would always wait until his, to- his contract was up and then make his move from one coast to the other. Um, but when it comes to James Harden, uh, guys like that in particular, no. The idea that you're going to play for three teams in one season is just nonsense. And I understand that that LeBron James, for better or for worse, opened up the freedom of movement. But it's still under for him. It's, it was still free agency. He still honored the deal. 
but there was always the behind the scenes manipulation. The hey, Pat Riley, you ever think about uh, getting the itch to coach again? No, son. Eric Spolstra is the coach for this basketball team. What are you trying to do? Nothing. Go back to practice, right? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, and so uh, with much responsibility comes much power. Mm-hmm. And, and so when LeBron James becomes the most powerful player in the NBA that we've ever seen, by the way, uh, I know Jordan Files will say, well, what about Mike? Michael never had this autonomy. Never in which you can move coaches out whenever you want to, and you can bring wine into the arena when you want to. I mean, he's done a lot of things. but And I would agree with your assessment on Black and Abdallah and on this podcast when you talk about how LeBron, to you, seems more focused on the outside than what happens on the basketball floor. Well, I think that there has to be a healthy balance of both in which you have to let uh, Rob Palenka and the brass with the Lakers do what they have to do to try to help this team win. I mean, you have to do that. Without sticking your beak fully in there, being able to control everything. I need Melo. I need Rondo. I need, you know, I, I need to have um, uh, Dwight Howard. I need to have all these old vets. I need Westbrook. All these things. This is, it was completely orchestrated by uh, LeBron. And so there's where people, I would look at LeBron and say, see, this is what happens when you try to, to manipulate too much. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. So I, I, when, you come, when you talk about Kobe Bryant, it's funny you talk about Kobe. You know the story because mm-hmm. you were there. Kobe stayed with the Lakers, but that's not always how he felt because he thought that the Bus family was not committed to winning and he was going to play with the Bulls. For those listening for the first time, they don't know that story. So I'm hosting a show with Sean Salisbury on the old Salisbury and Rosenblum show. And boy, isn't that an awful name? Too many letters. Not good at a marquee. But anyway, so Salisbury and Rosenblum, I'm hosting the show. I'm sitting in for Steve. And, uh, and we have Kobe Bryant on. This is after his time with Utah in this case that he involved himself into. And he was kind of doing a PR tour. Because stars of that that nature never do sports radio. But Kobe was doing, I think the Bulls are playing the Lakers, and there's Kobe popping up. And I asked Kobe point blank, like, have you ever considered playing for someone else other than the Lakers? Has that ever come up, come to your mind? Like, yeah, I want to play for Chicago. As a matter of fact, I brought my wife and kids to Chicago to look at schools and homes and consider playing for the Bulls, despite being the shadow of Michael Jordan. And I want to follow up with that, but then Steve Sol- uh, Sean Salisbury asked something about jelly bean or something like that. Right? Oh so yes, something right. because that's the natural follow up after that. Right, of course. Uh, so so that my jaw dropped. Everyone else's jaw dropped, and it's like, what? The, what? He was going to play for the Bulls. He's like, he was seriously considering the Bulls without BSing everybody. And it's like, wow. And so there was a time where you talk about LeBron and these other guys. Kobe had that same feeling to do that, but never did. And so people will always look at Kobe dead or alive and say, respect that guy through the thick and thin. He stayed with the Lakers. Yeah. And, and he, he applied pressure, which is fine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bulls Mavericks at three o'clock Saturday on the ninth on ESPNU. So they're just replaying game. I don't get it. No, that's live. Hold on a second. They're playing right now. The Bulls are on ESPN U. Right live. 
Yep. Yep. I know that's what you were looking for. Yep. I don't know if we get ESPNU. It's uh, 6-10 in the second quarter, and the Bulls down three to the Mavs. Yeah, that's it. I don't think uh, here at the station we get ESPNU. I have it here in the uh, the office. <laughs> so that's the game that you were looking for. <laughs> ESPNU. Ah, and guess what? Oh, wow, yeah, they do. Yeah, we have it. All right. It's 4.05 in the old uh, ESPNU. And guess what? No replay. <clears throat> so, All right. So no no replay for that game. There it is. Yeah. So there you go. There's the mystery solved right in the middle of the podcast. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. Free uh, throw good. He'll have another. Sorry. Any other thoughts uh, in regards to free agency before we wrap up the podcast? Well, did you have any thoughts on my thoughts? Or are you done with my thoughts? No, I, I think you make a great point there. I, I think when you look at Kobe, clearly he applied the pressure. But the in totality, when you look back at his career, I think it it will feel differently that he was just a lifetime Laker. And the same goes for Duncan, and I could throw Dirk Nowitzki into the conversation as well. They, they All three of them played 20-plus years for their teams, and Dirk is not the same level of talent that Durant was mm-hmm. or is. It's just I, I'm surprised at the way he's handled the last two seasons. He had to go buddy up with, with Kyrie, because he, he couldn't stand being around Stephen Curry and how big of a star Curry was in the Bay. And that nobody in that town will, will almost ever get to the star level that he has reached, right? Mm. You know, I mean, Barry Bonds of the 90s, but outside of that, like, who, you're, you're, you have to go to San Francisco 49er football to find the Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice level. And that's where Steph is at. And Durant just couldn't handle it, so he goes and buddies up with Kyrie. Kyrie is just doing his own thing, and now he wants out of the biggest market in the league, out of Brooklyn, New York. He wants out of New York? Like, come on. Like, I thought you were the one that's going to finally win in that market. And not and and want to have your own deal so you can build a championship. Yeah. But, and- the, but the boardroom rules change, though, because now – now Phoenix is available. So, because 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 you know, if he goes to Phoenix, you know whose team it is. It's Durant's, not Chris Paul, no, or Scrappy Doo, or yeah, or or, or Devin Booker. Devin Booker, know. right? Yeah, I mean, it's not that. I mean, if he goes to Golden State, you know, it's Kevin Durant's team, not Steph or Clay or Draymond. I or think the Jordan Nets Poole. should just trade him to to Denver. Fine, because he he is now on the Carmelo path. Where oh. he dipped into New York, couldn't get it done, and now he's looking to, to win somewhere else. Okay, a few news and notes for you. Are you surprised about what happened in Washington? <laughs> you mean the, the five-year full trade, uh, no trade clause? Yes. That, that Bradley Beal has? The only player in the league with a no trade, I believe. The, the most powerful player in the league, Bradley Beal. How about that? But No one else was offering that? Nobody? Yeah. I. Uh, or is he just a smart man saying, I'm not going to be with that crap in, with the Lakers? I don't want to be part of that. Because I'm sure that that's a team that would have said, yes, we need talent, young talent, please help us. Well, 
he has a no trade clause. That doesn't mean that they can't eventually trade him and he waives it. Right? So he gets the money, he gets the power, and then he gets to decide if they ever want to move him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I just so, I'm like, what are you building there with the with the wizards you're not, though? You're not building anything. Okay. That's so I was very surprised at that. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he didn't test. I, I'm surprised like I'm not surprised that Zach just re-signed with the Bulls, but I'm surprised that Bradley Beal didn't see if there was something else out there with uh you know, some of the teams that had a lot of cap space. See see what was available. Uh Booker four year extension, John Morant four year extension, uh, Joker, richest contract in NBA history, five years, two hundred sixty four million dollar deal. Supermax extension, Carl Anthony Towns, 224 Supermax, Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk about Minnesota in a second. Um, so that, those are the big deals. The opt-out for James Harden, $47.4 million. Is he opting out just to, to, to try to help Houston? I'm sorry, to try to help Philly. Um, how much is he willing to give back? $10, 12000000 million? $15 million? Uh, I'm seeing Sham's report today that it's about $15 million. Which is about the same amount that they gave PJ Tucker. Okay. So if you can land PJ Tucker and you're still with like that, PJ Tucker is going to make a difference for them. But a nice bull. Oh, yeah. He would have been great. But you got to remember the Bulls are operating over the luxury tax and as if they won the championship last year. <laughs> so that's how they're making their moves. They're not, they're not trying to add players who could actually benefit going forward. They're adding guys who are like backup role vets who don't really add a lot. That's what they're up to this summer. Can I give you someone th- that shoots 37% or better from three over the last three seasons? Sure. Mellow. Yeah, I, t- I take Mellow as a bench scoring option. He He's actually worked on his defense, too. He, it feels like shades of uh, Vince Carter at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I take Mellow. Yeah, if they if they could add Mello for for a mid level exception or you know the vet minimum or whatever, just so he could try and play on a playoff team and chase a championship, I I would hands down I would take him. I expect Durant to stay in Brooklyn, but then this is there's a reason why DeAndre Aiden has not been yep. re upped. He's restricted right now. It's a little murky because he's still unsigned. There's a possibility there where a three team deal with Indiana. Phoenix and Brooklyn may may or may not play out because Aiton with a re, a sign and trade could be a piece worthy mixed with something else back to Brooklyn. Now, what Brooklyn would also have to facilitate with Indiana and work it out, but I've seen those rumors out there. Where Aiton would go to Indiana, right? Aiton could go to Indiana, but then pieces from Indiana would then go to Brooklyn, thus Brooklyn sending KD to Phoenix uh, would be facilitated. Why did that Aiden Phoenix thing get so sour so quickly? Dude, you're 23. You got yeah. the world by the balls. Well, Just every, every other player in, in that draft was uh, signed to a major extension last summer. Doncic, uh, Young, everyone re-upped. Uh, uh, Montrezl Hill, we talked about. Schroeder is unrestricted. Mr. $100 million Dennis Schroeder. Boy, there's a guy that bet on himself and lost. Yeah, I'll pass on that. Uh, 13 and a half points a game last year. <laughs> you know, uh, Colin Sexton is restricted as well with the Cavs. I, have I ever said this before? Dennis Schroeder's game reminds me of um, 
of like the um, discount version of Rajan Rondo. Yeah, but really discount because yeah, he doesn't yeah. have the basketball smarts yeah. as yeah. Yeah, you know, like you you have your your brand name, and then there's the the generic box brand. Yeah, that's uh, I would say uh, Schroeder is the Rondo, the light, the diet. <laughs> All right. Lastly, I want to ask you about the Timberwolves and the. We have to talk about this. Just give me. If, we just need a few minutes on this. So I told you I did not want Rudy Gobert on the Bulls. I did not want Gobert because I saw what that salary looks like, about $47, $48 million at the end. You can't utilize him at the end of games in the playoffs, so what's the point, right? Good regular season numbers, that's why he gets all these awards, and people look at the awards and look at all the defensive player of the year. He's so great, the Stifle Tower. And like, yeah, but you can't utilize him toward the end of games because the league has gotten shorter. I've been saying this. Why, why, Brian Windhorst, why did Rudy Gobert go to Minnesota and the Jazz getting all of these assets? Two first round, uh, uh, four first round picks, one protected, one pick swap in 2026. Jared Vanderbilt, who I think is going to be a solid player. Kessler, the number 22 pick. Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley. Why? Why? Why would you trade all of that for Rudy Gobert on one end? And then the other thing is, hey, Timberwolves, what are you trying to do? You're trying to give me a Lajuan Sampson again, the Twin Towers, <laughs> with, a little ta- with a little Towns and Gobert? I mean, inside, outside, yes. I know what that's going to look like, but what does that look like for the playoffs? Seriously, I mean, uh, I don't understand that deal at all. Well, you, kn- you, know, um, you know the situation with Carl Anthony Towns. He's the softest big guy in the league. So what this is, is this is a move to protect Cat. He won't have to defend in the post. And then on offense, he can just live out on the perimeter. He's the self-titled greatest big shooter of all time. Yes. I think Dirk would have a, a word. but um, And so you got that. And Anthony Edwards is going to have to be the superstar. I, I like Rudy Gobert. I thought he would have been a nice fit with the Bulls, depending on what you could give up. I don't think he's nice and good enough to give up four first-round picks and what they gave up, though. Dude. That's crazy. That's not Durant. Right. That's Rudy and, Gobert. And that's directly affecting what the Nets think they can get for Durant because Gobert, who's not the player Durant is, got four future first-round picks. Holy cow. Why would you do that? Like, uh, why would, why would, this is the first time I ever say this, why would Matt Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> our guy, the old Bulls PR guy who, who was grinding, right? He's grinding his way up to become a GM. Why would A-Rod and, and Matt Lloyd do that deal with the Timberwolves? Well, it's a, it's a win win now move right so they think that they have their number one guy in edwards to be the superstar carl anthony towns is already an all-star and you mix in an additional all-star who does the other stuff defense he doesn't really need the ball to score because he's a guy that's pick and roll pick and dive he's also a guy that's you know cleaning up offensive rebounding for points i i think the mit it works it's just you have to now win because your future is not as bright if those three are not winning at a high level because you don't have those first-round picks. So depth-wise is going to be a problem for that team. And they send off 
Pat Beverly, who was like the heart and the soul of the team last year. I mean, we know what that is, but I know what you're saying. Like, you you want to have that, a guy like that on your bench? Yes. Yeah. God, I just don't understand that move. That's one of the worst moves, man, in the last decade that I can recall. Seriously. Well, it, it's because of how much they gave up for Gobert. Like adding well, yeah. Gobert to that roster, I don't really have the problem with. But the problem is obviously in four se- in three seasons, if they're a first round and out team. Those first-round picks aren't going to be there to add the cheap depth to your team, and you're just going to be stuck in a spot where you're either you're you're exactly what Utah has been the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, there's a certain ceiling to it. You're good in the regular season, but in the playoffs, Cat and Gobert on the court at the same time, you're going to throw them in pick and rolls and pull them away from the basket. You're going to try and get small guards to switch and and take advantage of the bigs. You know, it, it's I I like the I thought I like the combination, but I understand the concern. Well, I just don't understand it. And, and so, and by the way, as we close, shout out to Brian Windhorst, yeah. who is now is a meme that we all utilize now, who could not tell his full story. Of this deal, in other, in other, instead of being able to say like Woj would say, "Here's a deal I'm hearing. I'm hearing Rudy Gobert to Minnesota." Yeah, he had to bring people around the campfire as a as a Boy Scout leader, and to bring Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman and the bald girl from ESPN, <laughs> and br- and bringing them all around the campfire and and say, "Well, that's her Twitter handle," and so uh, bring them all around the campfire and say. Why would that happen? Why? Why would what, what's happening in Utah? What's happening there? So he's able to get his story across. You know, if that was Woj, you would say, "Well, Rudy Gobert, I, I know he's going to the Timberwolves, but no, because of the thumb that is on Windhorst, the thumb on him, he had to do it in a campfire-like story to bring them all around." And Courtney says, "Because Durant's going to the Jazz." No. no. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i told courtney she's like i felt so ridiculous in that moment i go no 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 we all thought durant was going to utah just based on the way windhorse told that story i said don't feel bad so i said funny. we all thought that that was that because we didn't know where brian was going with that but that's the way he could give information by just saying why would they do that What's going on in Utah? And that's what happened. To be fair, I like it that way better than the other way. I agree. A mystery. Well, and it's also, I, I appreciate that he knew information, uh, but that the timing of releasing said information wasn't necessary at that moment. And the me first, I'm tweeting out against the other guy, bot or that's going on. In, in NBA reporting, uh, um, I'm I'm a bit over it. May May I produce a segment on Black and Abdallah? Sure. What do you want? Okay, you produced my segments for many years before you went on to much bigger and better things, much worse so, things. We're driving your night show right into the ground, right into the ditch. <laughs> it's not my night show. It's not my night show. I would like I would like for to produce a segment called Why Would They Do That. 
<laughs> Why would and, they do that? Yes. No, seriously. I want a segment on the show, maybe once a week, couple times a week when your guys are on, and I want you to call Why Would They Do That? And I would like for one of our kids to produce it. And uh, as far as the production, you know, the, the imaging. Yes. Yeah. And with Windhorse on there and some ominous music. And I want you to come up with two or three examples of anything in sports or entertainment. Why would they do that? But why see, here's the Yes. Why would, why, I want would they, why would they do that? All right. I want Abdal to come up with some. You come up with some. And then the callers, then they would call in by saying, doing their own thing. And you choose the best. <laughs> why would they do that? But see, some people don't get it, right? Right. When you see it written out on Twitter, they give the answer of what it was. It's like, right. that's, not, that's not what the game is. Right. You're playing a different game. <laughs> the game, the game is, is when you give out theories but never really give the answer. Right. Right? Right. You don't, you just say, you know, why did Royce O'Neal get traded to the Nets? Why? What? Why? Why? Why did that happen? Why? Now, now again, it's open-ended, right? You can answer it yourself. But he didn't say why they did that. And then Utah. What's going on there? What's <laughs> going on in Utah? Right? Yeah. But not to give the answer. But some are like, yeah. Utah is dumping salary and they're starting. No. No, dumbass. That's not the game. <laughs> the game is to give theories of and ask questions why and then leave it open. Why would they do that is the out cue. That's how that works. Why, why did they do that? So I'd like to produce... Why would they do that with Bleck and Abdallah? All right, let me let me try the first first one. Okay, the <clears throat> Chicago White Sox team ready to win, mm. team on the up, mm. upswing. Mm. Baseball Reference. They hired Tony Larusa as their manager. Why would they do that? Uh, uh, Jerry well, Reinsdorf. No, that's why would they do that? The Chicago White Sox. That's right. They hired Tony LaRusso to be their manager. Yes. For a team of young players ready to win now. Why? I just leave it there. Right there. Like a dead fish. Just let... Because let, he's friends with, with Reinsdorf. No. <laughs> because... You have, you have to do the wind horse. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Be, because, because Rick Renneria sucked and, and they were trying to... No. No. Because they want to beat the Twins? Because, Rich, they wanted to be, you know, in the... No. <laughs> no. No. That's, and that's how the game works. Two or three right. or four really, you know, solid facts. Here you go. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears put together a committee to hire their new GM and their new head coach. Mm-hmm. Soup Campbell was a part of this five-person committee. One of the first things that Ryan Poles did when he got the job after Soup Campbell was a part of the committee to hire him was to fire Soup Campbell. Why? Why would the Bears do that? Be- because cause they already got a brother in there. And no. <laughs> See, this it works better on your show than my show because... I have a coach that's yeah. going to willing, willing to stick his beak in there and try to give an answer and a bad one, and so that's why he wouldn't get the bit. So I'd rather for you to have it because it's high comedy over there between six and eight. I'd rather have that that than on my show because I would do the same thing. 
Why right. would they do? Because I know. Because someone told me over there that I trust. No. F off. No, that's not what I asked no, you. No, that's not the bit. No, <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm. I'm giving. I'm producing this segment. I'd like to have like um, television credit. I'd like to have in the credits executive executively produced by Jonathan Hood. I like to have that. I'd like to do that. Creative. Why, why would they do that? Yes. So right. could you could you write that down for a, a segment? Created by Jonathan Hood. Now That's right. time for why would they do that? Yes. And nice little open and ominous music throughout. Why would they do that? Why? Write it down. That's Love what I like. Love you. Thank you. But there's no way I could do that on my show. Oh, with, no. With Cap. No. I have it on good authority. Someone told... No. Nope. Exactly. So that's why I'm giving it to you. <sighs> well, folks, if there's Thank any you, more. love you. If there's any information on Ky- Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, of course, Chris and I will come back and provide you with a nice uh, free agent special on those two. And if there's anything that happens in Summer League of Significance, of course, we will tell you. There's one thing of significance, and that is Chet Holmgren is already in the NBA. And here's how we know. (laughs) He played back-to-back games, and in the third game, he sat out. Oh, there you go. Rest day. Rest the legs. <laughs> he couldn't play. Summer league. He couldn't play three games in a row. He's not even 21 yet. So welcome to the NBA, Chet Holmgren, who's been impressive, by the way, in these Summer League games. Yeah. But uh, is clearly uh, in the NBA now because, God forbid, he plays three games in a row. So there you have it. Welcome to the league. Yeah. Follow Jonathan on Twitter at TweetJHood. Listen to Jonathan, Cap and J Hood mornings, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000. You can hear me, Black and Abdal, weeknights, 6 to 8. And also, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Black. Jonathan, talk to you later. All right, my friends. Thanks so much for listening to our Fast Break podcast, brought to you by the Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago, NHS Chicago. Dot org slash team <laughs> is it slash team I don't know I, that, our, the read that we had was slash team no, I beg your pardon sorry I got you NS, NHS Chicago uh, dot org thank you love you dot org why would they do that and now Jesse Rogers Jesse <laughs> That was that was amazing. All right, talk to you later. Thank you, Chris. I'm leaving all this in. Sure, go right ahead. <laughs>